Continual action are even as good as rotten, Shakespeare muttered at the thought. As was his habit, he was quoting his namesake, the famed Bard of Avon. In his cabin on a prized spot on the stone mantel sat Shakespeare's well-worn copy of the complete works of William Shakespeare. He knew it from end to end, and could quote whole passages by the hour. For that reason, his trapping peers of long ago had bestowed his nickname, and he liked it so much he had adopted it as his own and forever after introduced himself as Shakespeare McNair. Now Shakespeare suited the bard to his notions about the new breed by paraphrasing. Thou art all knaves and rascals, eaters of broken meats, base, proud, shallow, beggarly, three-suited, hundred-pound, filthy, worsted, stocking scoundrels. You're all lily-livered whoresons, and I spit on you. With that, Shakespeare spat and chuckled at his own humor. The pile of downed trees was twenty yards south of the cabin, As he planted himself and gripped the long axe handle firmly with both hands, Shakespeare glanced at his sturdily built home, at the smoke curling lazily from the chimney, and the few hardy flowers still in bloom in his wife's small garden. They had been living there for nigh on two decades. Without question, it had been one of the happiest periods of his entire life. Shakespeare swung the axe, and the keen edge bit deep into a log. Chips went flying. He repeated the motion, always chopping at a precise angle to more quickly shear through the wood. He had taken about eight or nine swings when the short hairs at the nape of his neck prickled. Instantly he turned, his right hand dropping to the smooth butt of his pistol. Something was watching him. Shakespeare trusted his instincts implicitly. Honed by hard experience and bitter necessity, they had saved his hide and hair many a time. Something was out there all right. Something that had driven all the peaceful creatures that always frolicked unconcerned nearby into hiding. I like it not, Shakespeare said, and gave a little start when the latch to the front door rasped loudly in the stillness, and his wife stepped outside. "'Care for some help carrying in the firewood, husband?' Blue Water Woman asked in English. Shakespeare turned. As it had every day since they first met, the sight of her standing there so beautiful and serene stirred him heart and soul. A beaded buckskin dress, clung to her still youthful body. Her oval face bore wrinkles, but nowhere near as many as his, and she had long raven tresses, sprinkled with gray. Her most prominent feature were deep, dark, lovely eyes, which were aglow with affection. "'I care for my rifle, wench,' he said, his tone sufficient to indicate why. Blue Water Woman cast a quick glance at the surrounding woodland. Right away, she dug back inside. No questions about why, 
No carping comments to the effect that if he needed it so much, he could get it himself. Blue Water Woman was remarkably free of a trait Shakespeare had observed in most others of her gender, namely the tendency to question, nag, and complain until it drove most men to distraction. Yet another reason he loved her so. Blue Water Woman reappeared, holding her hawkin as well as his. Their rifles were always kept propped up against the front wall near the door, ready for immediate use. Here you go, she said, hurrying over. Shakespeare grinned and recited, Oh, she doth teach the torches to burn bright. It seems she hangs upon the cheek of night like a rich jewel in an Ethiop's ear. Beauty too rich for use, for earth too dear. Blue Water Woman tilted her head back.